That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So, what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hey everyone, I'm Jacqueline Johnson, the founder of Create and Cultivate, and this is Work Party, a podcast for a new generation of women who are ditching the rule book and redefining the meaning of work on their own terms. In each episode, we bring in leading female entrepreneurs for real talk advice on the topics that matter most to the modern career woman. From hiring to mentorship to raising money and so much more, whether you are pivoting to a new industry, negotiating a raise, turning your side hustle into a full-time gig, or pitching your company to investors, we're giving you the tips and tricks you need to take your career to the next level. Are you ready to make some money moves? Well, welcome to Work Party, the podcast. Hey everyone, thanks for tuning into this special episode of Work Party Money Moves Founders Framework. In this series, successful founders will share their perspective on a startup funding scenario. They've just received a $10,000 small business loan to start a business, and let's see how they build a framework on how to spend it. To kick it off, I have Tiffany Soria here, founder of Novel Education Group, a leading academic agency specialized in full-service homeschooling, private tutoring, test prep, and enrichment programs. As a renowned influencer and thought leader in the education industry, Tiffany is widely recognized for spearheading a fundamental change in the way people engage with education in the digital age. I'm so excited to have Tiffany here to share more of her journey and how she break down the $10,000 as a service-based business. Trust me, this is a not to miss episode. Tiffany, thanks so much for joining us. So to kick off, welcome Tiffany. So excited to have you here. You recently moved from LA to New York. Is that correct? I did. I did. How has that transition been going for you? So honestly, it's been really great. I moved for, you know, business reasons and personal reasons, but the the business reason, it's actually been really amazing because the networking in New York is so awesome. It's actually quite random, which I found really, really refreshing. I feel like the networking in LA is always has to be planned because of traffic and things like that. You know, I have met publicists and other people who, who work in education, also just other women entrepreneurs who are in their 30s and don't have children and are not married, which is like the same boat than I'm in. And so, you know, for me, that was really refreshing to be able to meet women that are just a lot like me. And so it's like a breath of fresh air. And honestly, it's been really great. Yeah, I know that is so true about New York. I when I moved to Los Angeles, everyone was like, oh, what's the big difference? Or what do you miss? And I was like, the randomness, like the you're randomness, all, you're yes. in your car, like you go out for a night in New York, you have no idea what's about to happen. Like you go out in LA, you're like, I'm going to get back in my car. I'm going to get it from LA. Totally. Yeah. And it's like everyone in, I feel like everyone in New York is kind of on the same playing field, which is a little bit different than LA. It's like the real, like people that were super, super accomplished can come off so unassuming because 
because everyone's like, everyone's taking the same subway. Everyone's like eating at the same restaurant. Do you know what I mean? So it's like, it, it can just be like really surprising who you run into, which is, that has definitely happened to me. So it's yeah. been really fun. Well, excited for your new era in New York. How exciting. But first and foremost, I talked a little bit about this in the intro, but Novel Education Group, tell us a little bit about why you founded it, what you do and what mm -hmm. excites you about it. Mm -hmm. So I'm very, very lucky to be running a business, first of all, that I feel very fulfilled by mentally and emotionally all the time, which is probably like one of the best things I feel about my my career. I started this business, in all honesty, this is a service that I fell upon. I did not see myself in education when I was in college, which is why when I talk to my students now, I always tell them, please don't worry about it. If you really have no idea what, what you want to do, or if you really think you want to do something and then you end up changing your mind, even if you're like in your mid-20s or later or whatever, you just really don't know what's going to happen. But just to constantly stay aware of what's going on around you. So I, when I moved to Los Angeles right after college, I always had the goals to go back to school. But at first, I was always a nerd. I was always really good at, in school. And I always really believed in education because it kind of changed my life. So I tutored. And I started tutoring full time, more and more students and just by nature of the city and just like how how word of mouth the city is in mm -hmm. in L.A. I found myself tutoring high profile clients and then I was just found myself being Kendall and Kylie's homeschool teacher, which was really crazy, actually, at the time they were much younger and not on the a crazy level that they are now. But for me, it was just like any other job. But what I noticed when I started teaching them was there was a void in the market. And I think this is where sort of like the light bulb moment happened for me. I noticed that there was no premier streamlined homeschooling personalized option for people who live lifestyles that are can be that can be considered unconventional not just talking about people who are famous people who want to be in the spotlight or anything like that i'm just talking about people where a traditional school setting doesn't work for them and there was really no go-to company that was reliable and legitimate where they feel like they could get everything in one and so that's why i decided to start novel amazing and so did you run or did you raise money for this company I actually didn't. I didn't. didn't. So you're completely yeah. Yes, exactly. I did end up getting a loan from Bank of America a few years in. Once I started to really see and become more aware of where I needed money to go, once I knew that putting the money in there, I would see an ROI on that, then that's when I felt comfortable taking out the loan. Yeah, I, I mean, I think it, that's such an under talked about route to go just because venture has become so mainstream and everyone mm -hmm. has raising money. But there is something to be said about obviously, if your business has momentum, and you can take out a loan knowing that that loan will get you ROI and still retain equity, all the equity in your business, like that's a home run. So I love that. So this is a special edition of, of Work Party where we're talking about making money moves. So we are going to set the scene and kind of get your advice now running a service-based business on what you would do in certain scenarios. So mm -hmm. you have, let's say, $5,000 to kickstart your service-based business, and it's time to make some moves. 
Before getting into the nitty gritty, can you share with us how you would develop your framework for allocation for a small business owner out there that's looking to start a service-based business? Yeah. So first and foremost, and I'm also going to speak from my personal experience and because I didn't do it like this. So these are the things that I wish I would have done if I were to start all over again. I would definitely first because I, you know, I have mine was backwards. I had the clients and then I was like, I need to start a business around this. Mm -hmm. And so I sort of pushed these things that are really important. I was like, oh, it's not that important because I already have customers. That's totally not right. The right thing to do. Totally. And so everyone who was listening, please take the time and build your branding and build your website correctly first. I think it's really important to have a space that is your own, an email that is your own, an identity that is your own. Brand identity is really, really important. And that's what's going to keep people coming back. And that's what's going to get you those referrals. So if you have $5,000, I would definitely look, I would allocate that into branding, into building a website, and then certain levels of marketing, depending on what you're doing. And by marketing, I mean, like, throw a small event, throw Mm -hmm. a small dinner to get those organic socials going, just really trying as much as you can to spread, use that money to spread the word. And then having something solid, like a website for people to find you and check you out on. Because if people, you know, it's like Instagram is almost the new Google. And also when people Google you and it's like some weird and, you know, I mean, even just as a consumer, when you look up something and it's like some weird website, you're like, what is this? I don't really want to do this anymore. Totally. And I actually think the anecdote about how you had clients and then you're like how to reverse start a business is so probably a common scenario, I would imagine, because I think sometimes businesses kind of just happen to people. And that's exactly what happened with my first business, which was a service-based business was we, you know, we got a client and we're like, oh, let's get an LLC, like panic, (laughs) like figuring it out. So I think that's really good advice. And obviously on the nitty gritty side of things, like getting a trademark, getting an LLC agreement, agreement, all those things as well, you know, and those costs money. But I think within that $5,000, like there are the tools and tricks you can use to get that. 100%. And there's very simple things, just like, for example, LegalZoom is such a great Resort. tool. And I think that, you know, getting the LLC is almost like the easiest part because it's literally like the click of a button and then paying the bill of whatever you need yeah. to pay to get that domain. Totally. And then, so you're totally right. After you get that stuff and then, you know, purchase your domain, try and find, and also the name of your business is kind of based on what domains are available as well. Totally. So research your domain before you get that trademark. Sometimes you get that trademark and then you're like, oh my goodness, this domain is going to cost me $5,000 just to purchase this because maybe someone else had purchased it years ago. So that's another thing to keep in mind as well. Bank of America knows that women entrepreneurs often face challenges in accessing the necessary capital and resources to run and grow your own businesses. That's why they invest in partnerships that connect you to the mentoring, training, and capital you need to find success. You can get access to experts, award-winning insights, and business solutions so powerful, you'll make every move matter. 
Work with local specialists one-on-one to meet with the unique needs of your business. Learn about sources of funding through the Access to Capital directory or find financing opportunities through the Tory Burch and Bank of America Capital Program. You can even earn a certificate in women's entrepreneurship through the free Bank of America Institute for Women's Entrepreneurship at Cornell, an online learning portal that provides women entrepreneurs with the skills, knowledge, and resources to build, manage, and scale a business. To learn more, visit bankofamerica.com slash women business owners. Bank of America, what would you like the power to do? And so for you, did you write out a formalized business plan or was it more you know, as it comes, I'm developing new strategies and moving along. So mine was more as it comes. However, I would advise against that as much as you can. I totally understand that things happen and things still continue to happen. I've been running this business now for, you know, five plus years and things still continue to happen that I don't plan for. So I totally get that it is not realistic for you to say, this is what I want to do. Number one, number two, number three, number four. And even if you do do that, it just never ends up happening like that anyways. But I would try and plan as much as you can for at least the solid foundational things, which, you know, obviously once you get your LC and your trademark, your website, your branding and research how much that is going to cost you mm. a web, a web designer yeah. yeah a little bit so let's talk a little bit about branding so obviously branding is the process of creating an identity for your company so this is like the fonts the colors the symbols mission statement copywriting all those different types of things so let's yeah. say in this scenario you have ten thousand dollars right you've already set up your business legally so you have this 10 grand to spend on branding what is the breakdown you would use? Where would you allocate the different amounts of money? Would you bring a freelancer on? Would you bring an agency on? Like, what are the tools out there that you would use to accomplish creating a great brand identity? I would definitely start with freelancers and your personal network. I'm oh, I'm a huge networking person. Always reach out to your friends, your family, people you know, people who are who can help you design a logo, people who can who can help you identify what your brand is and what you're selling. So you can answer all of those questions when your customers ask you those questions. And also for, yes, for your, for your website, I would definitely, you have to research how much it's going to cost for you to build your website. And also a web designer and a web developer are two different things. And you Mm -hmm. need both of those for a website to function properly. Properly. Exactly. What happens if it crashes, your web designer is not going to know what to do about that. Also, a bookkeeper is another one I would highly recommend getting from the beginning. Bookkeepers are really inexpensive and they are totally worth it. Yeah. (laughs) Totally worth it. aligned on that. And I love, so I think like to agree with you on that, like if you have a tech focused business, like you need the web dev, you need the web designer. If you're starting like an e-com or whatever, a different type of business, like luckily, like I built my first company website on Squarespace or Shopify or whatever, like, and you can buy, I mean, if you're like really tight on budgets, like creative market, I think is a great resource. I don't know if you've ever used that, but you can buy like logo templates and deck templates and like things that will streamline and save you hours. Yes. And Fiverr. I don't know if you've, have you heard of Fiverr is amazing. Freelancers, right? Yeah. Okay. So these are all, I hope you guys are writing this down. There's all amazing tips here. So let's get into marketing. So let's say you have your gorgeous brand, your business is set up, and now you have $10,000 to spend on getting your business out there. 
Would you market your brand, you know, using these funds? If you're thinking about, okay, your service is ready to deploy. Where are you allocating different money in marketing efforts? Is it email? Is it social? Is it paid? Is it organic? Like, what are you thinking about in terms of allocation? So first, you have to determine whether or not your service is going to be local or if your service is going to be national. If your service is local, the marketing there is going to rely very heavily on building a community. So this is where you want to do events. This is where you want to offer free services for a day or something like that. And then trying to get those customers to come back. So how much money do you need to spend on an event where people are going to want to come, maybe have something to eat, maybe have something to drink, learn about your business? Are you going to have a speaker there if you're starting a wellness business? And what else are you going to put there that's going to make them want to come back for the service that you're selling and not just come, you know, for the free drink or whatever? (laughs) And so there's, so there's that. I would definitely start It's kind of a a fine line of whether or not you want to actually market your product or your service before you actually have it. But first and foremost, your service needs to come first, right? So your service should be sort of top notch before before you start marketing anyway. So I'm going to go ahead and say, yes, start marketing, whether it's Google ads, Facebook, is a Mm -hmm. big one that we don't, Mm -hmm. a lot of people don't think about anymore. And organic socials, do not start doing any paid socials until you get some organic flow going. I agree with that. Yeah. You don't want to like spend super early and have nothing to drive people to. So I think that's Mm -hmm. great. And, And you always have a phase one and a phase two. Do not spend your entire marketing budget on your phase one rollout. You need to maybe do half of it and then save half of it for your phase two rollout and prepare to maybe not get customers after that first rollout. And so needing to do another one. Yeah, absolutely. What's your feelings on email marketing? I think email marketing is great. However, I think that, I mean, I always pay attention, you know, now that I own a business, I really pay attention to marketing and the emails that I click on. So you have to see, you know, the ones that I'm just like unsubscribe or the ones that I'm like, oh no, I want to keep getting these. So pay attention to what, to what you like. For me, you know, it's always like the the subject line of things that I'm interested in. So I think email marketing is great if you, number one, time it correctly. Mm. So if I get an email, an, a subscription email or whatever on a Saturday morning, I probably honestly won't look at it because it's Saturday mm-hmm. morning and I'm like, eh. However, if it's a Sunday morning, I probably will because I'm gearing up for Monday. So think about your audience and when they're looking at emails and when they care to read about things like that. I think email marketing is great. And like, you know, there's lots of resources like MailChimp is what we use. I think I think it's something great to invest in as long as you're not just like setting that calendar for twice a week and sending out and sending out random things. I think it's really important to put thought into it. Yeah, I was going to say cadence and consistency when it comes to email marketing. Like you also don't want to send a daily email if, unless you're like a media business. Like that's way right. too much. And then also you want to be consistent. You don't want to send it on a Wednesday and then get it on a Saturday. So mm-hmm. I think that's really important. But obviously mm-hmm. test what works best for you. So let's talk about operational costs. So yeah. capital expenditure for the of you who aren't familiar is money used to buy improve or extend the life of assets in a business so technology vehicles office spaces you know all the physical items so when it comes to capex for you 
what part of your budget are you allocating here? Like how much would you recommend allocating for an early stage business? And as a service-based business, you know, how are you thinking about CapEx, you know, and laptops and car? Like, how are you thinking about that whole mix right. of the P&L? So first and foremost, your operational costs always have to stay as low as possible. If you are going to invest more money into operations, then you have to plan ahead for whatever money you're putting in to make sure that that's going to increase your productivity. If you have personal time yourself to do all of your operational things, I would definitely recommend that you run your own operations for as long as possible. That's what I did until it comes to a point when you have to say no to business because you're too busy doing operational things. That's when I brought on my first staff member is when I had to say no to other students because I was busy doing my books or something. Yeah, exactly. And I'm like, wait a minute, this doesn't make any sense. This is, well, now I got to get someone to run my books so I can say no. I mean, so I can say yes to this, to this new customer. So you know, right off the bat, it, it is important to try to try and do as much as you can. But I, I heard this once. I don't even remember where I heard it from. But you can't work on the business and in the business at the same time. So mm-hmm. at the point where you're ready to grow, you have to sacrifice a little bit one either way. So if you want the business to grow, then you can't have your your head in that book 24 hours a day. You've got to be looking up and someone else has got to have their head in the book for you. Ooh, I love that. I think that's so true and totally agreed. And with the CapEx stuff, I always am like, let's put in there a little higher than we think it's going to be because something always Mm -hmm. happens. Your computer breaks, you know, this happens, that happens, like whatever it ends up being. So definitely always like have a little buffer in there. Every business owner may make different moves to run her business, but each one knows that it's essential to have the ongoing support of a trusted partner. By teaming with Bank of America, you get access to experts, award-winning insights, and business solutions so powerful, you'll make every move matter. As you start to run or grow your business, turn to dedicated local specialists for help every step along the way. Connect with longstanding partners to build your knowledge and to find a network of peers and mentors. You also have access to powerful digital tools and resources at your fingertips so you can manage your own accounts, find access to capital, and discover opportunities to grow your business. To learn more, visit bankofamerica.com slash smallbusiness. Bank of America, what would you like the power to do? So if your business needed more than this $10,000, what are some other resources that you would direct small business owners to explore? So first of all, you have to ask your question of why you need more than this $10,000. We all want endless amounts of capital to be able to do everything that we want with our business. But once again, I'm just going to keep reiterating this. You have to have a plan for where your money is going to go, and you have to know that that money is going to give you a return. So there, um, the Bank of America um, Access to Capital Directory for Women Entrepreneurs is a great resource. It gives you lots of information on funding opportunities, debt, you know, grant capital, things like that, understanding how to obtain funds, what to do with them, cash flow, what your cash flow should look like, how to, you know, how to pay for those operational costs, taxes, all of that stuff is all a part of this giant conversation of, of starting a business and getting funds and getting and funds to do I that. I love that because, you know, there is capital, there's access to capital in different ways. To your point, mm-hmm. you took a loan out 
that's a great way to get capital. There's equity, there's debt financing, there's grant capital, there's fundraising, there's all these different ways. And it can feel extremely overwhelming because you're just trying to start a company, right? Yeah. And then you're like, oh, and I have to figure out all these ways to get money. But there's great resources like that Bank of America Access to Capital Directory that gives you a lot of the nitty gritty information you need to figure out which money area is or money lane is the right lane for you to go down for your business and where you're at in your business. So I think that's great. Absolutely. They're, it's a fantastic source. I mean, Bank of America in general, I've banked with them for the whole time I've had my business. And they continue to be supportive. And even when I got the loan, it was a super easy process. And just asking straight up questions about where your money is going while from someone who's like on your side and on your team is great. You feel It makes you feel comfortable doing it because yeah, it can absolutely. be scary. Yeah. Yeah, same. And they also have the Bank of America Business Advantage 360, which is this awesome digital dashboard, which you mentioned earlier, gives you this dashboard view of cash flow, which is so important. It gives you real-time expertise, data integration with like QuickBooks and Google Analytics and all these things. So having all these different resources that you're working with as a business owner is overwhelming comes back to that like how where are you spending your time but being able to integrate those into one dashboard i think is so incredible and i personally have loved the bank of america business advantage 360 dashboard so i definitely suggest checking that out awesome. but for you i want to chat with you a little bit about the unexpected startup costs so was there anything that when you were building your company you were like whoa when you got a bill for something that you were like i wish i would have bucketed more for this yeah so the first one is definitely taxes oh Oh my gosh. <laughs> I think that this is like, I think this is like the thing that no one wants to talk about, but it's like so important to talk about is to always allocate money for the taxes that you'll have to pay. And, you know, and as you sort of acquire more employees, as you get insurance for the things that, that you have for your equity, this all affects your taxes. So, you know, even just to go back to what we were saying about the things that you would want to allocate your money towards an accountant is super important person to have in your corner. Do not be scared of this conversation to have with your accountant. It's really important. And it's really important for like the healthy cash flow of your business as well. And it also helps you set a price point for your service, which can be really hard. So these are all the things that you have to factor. I would say that marketing was a cost for me that was much larger than I anticipated. And also how important it is for marketing and branding. Digital marketing along with PR. Yep. I, I always try and tell people to, I mean, I always tell people they're like, if you could go back and change it all. And I was like, oh my goodness, if I could go back, I would have done all the work for myself as long as I possibly could. And I would have put all my money into marketing and PR. Mm -hmm. And because getting that word out there is, it's like footwork. It's a lot of work. And so having someone that can do that is great, but it's expensive. Well, and your dollar doesn't go as far as it used to. I think that's the biggest lesson that I've really seen in the last five years is like marketing felt much more accessible and there yeah. was a lot more there was like one player in every category now there's like 500 players in every category your dollar barely gets you anything on marketing so you really have to i think that's great advice the taxes 100 it is shockingly <laughs> expensive and for every i always like joke when i tell freelancers they're like well i'm charging four thousand dollars i'm like that's two just think and they're like in your head just yeah. everything yeah. by 50 percent, especially in california but i think you know when it comes to the you know what you're talking about i think that's so accurate marketing is unreal and expensive and something that you definitely need to um, yeah. be paying attention to. So love that. I think that's amazing advice. So let's wrap with some rapid fire sentence finishers. Are you ready? 
Yes, I'm ready. Okay. A non-negotiable, <laughs> non-negotiable for my day is working out. Mm, love that. Mm-hmm. The best entrepreneurial <laughs> advice I ever received was you can't work on your business and in your business at the same time. Put it in a quote template. It's so good. It pays to be besties with your bank because <laughs> because they're the I mean, can I even say this? They're the ones that lend you money. <laughs> totally. They all the cash. That's true. Yeah. Okay. You just had a major business win. What's the first thing you do? Call my accountant. Oh, love that. <laughs> Thank you so much, Tiffany. Where can people follow you on social media and learn more about Novel Education Group? Yeah, so you can always go to our website, noveleducationgroup.com. We always have up at the top banner, the newest thing that we're doing right now, we're right in the middle of summer programs and gearing up for fall enrollment. So that's what we're working on. You can follow us on Instagram and at Novel Education Group, also on LinkedIn and Facebook. And myself, you can follow me at, at Tiffany Soria on Instagram. Check out sort of like what I do in my personal life and how I sort of balance my, my, my work-life situation. Love it. Well, congrats on the big move. And thank you so much for the amazing advice. Thank you so much, Jacqueline. This is really fun. I appreciate you guys having me. For more inspiring conversations like this one, follow the Work Party Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. If you enjoyed today's episode, make sure to rate and review us or show us some love on social. We love seeing you tune in every week and share your favorite episodes. We're at Work Party on Instagram and at It's a Work Party on Facebook and Twitter. I'm your host, Jacqueline Johnson, and this is Work Party.